Welcome to Project Healing, a podcast about growth, authenticity, and difficult conversations. Here, you'll find a mix of real-life experiences, inspiring humans, and some spiritual insight. I'm your host, Jenna Krasinski, and I believe that we truly have to feel our pain in order to heal it. Community is a huge part of the process of healing, and I invite you to come along and dance through the ups and downs of life. This is Project Healing. Welcome back to Project Healing. I'm your host, Jenna Korzynski. And before I get started today, I just wanted to take a brief moment to say thank you to my Patreon supporters for supporting the show and also for continuing to work through your healing journey as you feel called to. It takes a brave human to do that. If you're interested in supporting the Project Healing Patreon, memberships start at as little as $5 a month, and your contributions help keep this show going. So thank you. All right, now before I dive into my topic today, I want to offer a trigger warning. I will be talking about child loss in this episode. I'm going to be sharing my very personal story about an experience that I had with a miscarriage. October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. So because I am connected to that and I have experienced that myself, And I know that so many families or women have experienced this. I wanted to share my story to bring awareness to the topic. So in February of 2016, my husband and I found out that we are expecting our second child Our first was born in 2013, Um, and after a few issues that I had with birth control um, and cervical polyps, we had decided that it was time for us to expand our family. So my body, my body doesn't hide anything from me. I am the type of person where if I am pregnant, I know right away. Um, I get sore breasts. I can smell (laughs) anything from a state over. (laughs) Um, And um, I get slight cramping. My body has always been very regular, my cycle. Um, So if it is off in any way, I know that that means there is some sort of change for me. So we found out we were expecting our due date was October 28th, which I was really excited for because, I mean, you guys know I'm a woo-woo chick. I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite times of year of the year and my mom is born on the 23rd of October so there was part of me that secretly hoped that 
I would have the baby on her birthday <laughs> because my son is born on my mother-in-law's birthday. So super excited that we're pregnant. Um, I did let some people know my close friends and family, um, knew that I was expecting from my, my one cousin, I can't hide anything from her. And she busted me just because I was drinking chocolate milk. Um, and of course we had shared with our parents, um, and some of our other close friends. So very, very excited about the whole thing. Now with my son, I had a beautiful pregnancy. I felt great. Um, everything went really, really smoothly with the pregnancy in itself. I felt like I could run a marathon during the pregnancy. I gained a ton of weight, but that was my own fault just because of <laughs> the fact that I stopped exercising and started eating, um, everything in sight. But beyond the weight gain, I had a wonderful pregnancy with my son. So about 10 weeks into this pregnancy, I started spotting and right away I knew something was wrong and I'm intuitive. So, but I do tend to get in my head a little bit when it comes to things with myself and I will overthink. So I started spotting. I contacted my husband. He's like, you know, call the doctor everything's probably okay. You know, did the typical husband, let me calm you down thing. Um, and so I called my OB and they just basically let me know that at this point in pregnancy, it was still early. Spotting is still fairly normal. I didn't have any cramping at that point. So they were basically like, call us back if it gets any heavier or if you develop, um, cramping or if it doesn't subside within 24 hours. So within hours, it became heavy. And when I say heavy, I mean, I was pretty much, and this is graphic, so I'm sorry, <laughs> but I was pretty much pouring blood. Um, I called the OB back and they told me to go straight to the emergency room. So I went to the emergency room, which... I haven't had the best experiences with the emergency room in the past, so I avoid the emergency room at all costs. Um, and I can't say that this situation was any different. Um, so when I went to the emergency room, I let them know what was happening. Um, they had me wear a hospital gown so that they could call an OB to do an exam. Um, and thinking about this in hindsight, I'm like, oh my gosh. And so they did the exam, uh, the pelvic exam. Everything seemed to be fine. They couldn't find anything wrong. They wanted to order an ultrasound for me. Now, here I am in the emergency room waiting for an ultrasound tech. I'm bleeding heavily. I don't know what's going on. Nobody's giving me any answers. They finally tell me that they can get me in for an ultrasound, but I have to walk to the place where we're going to have the ultrasound, which is okay, fine. I can walk. I had no, <laughs> I had no problem walking, but 
they hadn't given me any pads or anything for the bleeding while I was there. And because I was bleeding so heavily, I had already bled through what I had. So they had me walking through the halls of the emergency room in the hospital with just blood running down my legs and dripping all over the floor. When I tell you that that part of this story in itself still does not sit with me right to this day and is completely mortifying... All I can say is that I hope that if anybody's family members experience anything like this, that they have better treatment and that their needs are listened to. I did ask for pads or underwear or even an adult diaper at that point, and they provided me with nothing. Now, I'm not a frequent emergency room goer, so I don't know if that's normal or not, but to me it feels wrong. That I was forced to like walk through the hallways just pouring blood for myself. It wasn't exactly a beautiful experience or a positive experience when I was already going through something traumatic. Anyway, <laughs> rant over about that. <laughs> okay, so finally got me into the ultrasound and they find the baby, they find the heartbeat, they're telling me that everything seems okay, but they want me to call my OB and schedule a follow-up in the morning. That most likely I was just having an issue that they couldn't find or discuss based on who was on call. It was very confusing. I I didn't understand what was happening. I don't know if it was a lack of expertise for who was on call or if they didn't want to deliver me the information that they had. I'm not sure. To this day, I'm not sure what that was all about. But basically, they had had me schedule an ultrasound with my doctor's office the next day. So the next, the bleeding did not stop. The bleeding got worse. Now I had cramping. I was bedridden. I couldn't even leave the bed. If I stood up to go to the bathroom or um, to get anything to eat, which I didn't have much of an appetite, but if I stood up, blood was just pouring from me. I lost all color in my face. I, it was, it was not a pleasant experience. So the next day I go to... Um, the ultrasound through my doctor's office. And I already knew. I already knew what was happening. I already knew I was losing the baby, even though they were telling me everything was okay. I knew that everything was not okay. So they tell me in that ultrasound that the baby no longer has a heartbeat. And it was weird because even though I, I knew that already without actually knowing it, I knew it intuitively, it still hit me like a ton of bricks. And in that moment, I realized that I, this, my little Halloween baby that I was so excited for, 
was not going to be. And I remember the ultrasound tech saying, I'm so sorry, but on the upside, you're only 10 weeks. I don't know if she thought that that was going to comfort me or what she thought that statement was going to accomplish. But for me and my husband, the moment we found out that we were expecting, that was our baby. So 10 weeks, four weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks, 28 weeks, it didn't matter. I was still losing a child. She also told me in that ultrasound that she noticed a mass in my uterus and she asked if I had any history of any other um, any other OB, OB issues in the past and I had I had had um, cervical polyps in the past that I had to have removed so I told that to her and she said oh, okay well maybe that's what that is maybe it's a polyp I'm not quite sure but we are going to um, get you back over to your doctor's office they will let you know the next steps and I'm sorry for your loss so I left the ultrasound office, went back over to my doctor's office, and they asked me at that point if I wanted to take a pill to start the process of um, the miscarriage or continue rather the process had already started that's what the bleeding was but they had offered me misoprostol I'm not sure that I'm saying that right um, which is a pill that you can take that assists in the process of the miscarriage or they said that I could do um, a DNC dilation and cutterage which is essentially an abortion. Even though I knew that the pregnancy was no longer viable and I had seen with my own eyes that the baby no longer had a heartbeat, I don't know, I think some part of me was still holding on to hope and I didn't want to go through with the DNC. So I told them I would take the pill they had me take it right there in the office and they told me that I would have some cramping but that it would speed up the process of the miscarriage and they sent me on my way they told me that I needed to follow up with them in a week when I tell you that I did not know what to expect with a miscarriage and what that pill would 
mean for me? I'm not kidding. I did not know what to expect. I did not know the intensity of the pain. I was having essentially labor pains. I was in so much pain. It was, I remember telling my husband that it was worse than my labor, which was huge because my labor with my son was 36 hours. (laughs) So I had a very intense labor with my son. So for me to feel worse than that was a big deal. And I have a, I, I consider myself to have a pretty high pain tolerance as well. So a week went by, I was still bleeding. I was still passing blood clots and I call my doctor back and they said, okay, well, no, but still normal at this point. I had no idea what to expect with this. So we're going to give you another week. If you're still bleeding in another week, we're going to have you come in and we're going to do the DNC. So another week went by and I was still bleeding. So they had me come in at that point for the DNC. Twenty-four hours after the DNC, I get a phone call from my nurse. And he says to me, Jenna, I don't know how to tell you this, but when we took the biopsy of the tissue, we realized that we removed a malignant tumor from you. I'm sorry, what? He said, we don't want you to worry. Easier said than done. We're pretty sure that you had gestational trophoblastic trophoblastic disease. And we're referring you to an oncologist. So we will schedule that appointment for you. You can find it in your chart. In that moment, it felt like the world stopped. I was already facing the fear, the shame, the guilt, the overwhelm, the sadness of losing the pregnancy. And now I was being told that They also removed a tumor from my body that was malignant, meaning cancerous. Most of that, the remainder of like that time period is a blur. But what I do remember very vividly is just random outbursts of tears. And this fear of what I was going to be told, meeting with an oncologist, a doctor that specializes in treating cancer. I had a three-year-old.
I was already overwhelmed and depressed and anxious with just the loss. And this was it was a lot to take in. So we went to the oncologist, my husband and I together. He was a wonderful man. I've never felt so welcome and comfortable in a um, doctor's office as I did with that oncologist. When we sat down, he explained to me what gestational trophoblastic disease is. He told me that I was going to need another ultrasound because they wanted to just take a look and see if they saw any remnants or any more tumors. And that I specifically had gestational trophoblastic neoplasia, which meant that I had a viable pregnancy. Well, it started off as a viable pregnancy, but I also grew a tumor. At that point, they didn't know if it was a tumor or tumors. And that it's called choriocarcinoma. So I had the fetus and I also had a malignant tumor as well. And he explained that what happens is the tumor essentially took all of the nutrients that the baby needed, which is why I lost the pregnancy. He told me that they wanted me to have another ultrasound and that they were also going to be doing blood work. I needed to get blood work done every day for two weeks and then every month for six months. They were monitoring my HCG levels because um, in gestational trophoblastic neoplasia, um, the HCG levels will, they will still be there even though you don't have a pregnancy because it mimics pregnancy essentially. So what they were looking for is that those HCG levels were dropping and that my white blood cell count was okay. And he sent me on my way and he said, I hope I never see you here again. And I felt really good after that appointment. He was very comforting. He explained everything so well. And I had another ultrasound. They didn't see any more growths in my uterus. Everything looked to be cleared out. I went for the blood work as I needed to over the next two weeks. And my HCG levels um, dropped consistently until they were non-existent. And my white blood cell count was okay. It was an experience, but at the end of that, I was so overwhelmed 
with gratitude. I just had this feeling that that baby made its way to me for a reason. And that essentially the baby that I never got to meet saved my life in a way. Because there are stories of people that carry their babies full term and they don't know that they have these tumors. And the disease that I had is a one in 1,000 chance in pregnancy. So it's not something that is common that a lot of people have experienced. And it was a lot. It was a lot to deal with. It was overwhelming. But even in the grief and the pain and the overwhelm, I was still able to find peace because I was, I felt, I considered myself to be lucky. I went through that horrific experience, but once I made it through the other side, it was over. There was no cancer left in my body. There was no need for additional treatment or a hysterectomy as they talked to me about when they were reviewing all of the possibilities of what this disease could mean for me. As I went through that, I found that so many people that I was close with had also experienced child loss and miscarriage. And I was shocked. I was shocked because I didn't know this about them. I didn't know that so many people that I saw regularly and interacted with within my family, within my circle of friends, within my job even, had experienced miscarriage, child loss, infant loss. I wanted to talk about it because that's how I heal. And in doing that, I was able to connect with others that had had nobody. I never met anyone that had the same experience as me, but I, I connected with others that had also gone through miscarriage and had the same feelings as me and the guilt and the, did I do something wrong? Could I have done something better? Was it something I ate? Was it something I didn't do? You know, could I have changed this outcome? in any way, shape, or form. I wouldn't have known that there were other people out there going through or that had experienced similar situations to me if I wasn't brave enough to speak about it. And in a way that made me sad because I realized that there are so many women that experience this that just carry it with them. 
and they don't express their feelings because I don't know for some reason our society has made us feel like we just need to move on and have another baby and we say ridiculous things like well at least you were only 10 weeks or at least you have another child or you'll be able to get pregnant again or whatever other awful things people say when they're trying to help. And I recognize that when people say these things, they think that they're helping, but I'm here to share my experience with you and open up the curtain to the window of miscarriage and infant loss so that if you or anyone else that you are close with ever experiences it know that it's okay to say how are you doing know that it's okay to say nothing at all and just be present Know that more than likely the person that experienced the loss had already planned out their child's future and thought about what they were going to look like and what they were going to sound like and where they're going to go to college. Know that sometimes just saying, I'm sorry. You experience that is enough. We don't need to hear the at least and well, but we just need support. We need love. We need a safe container to be able to share how we're feeling. And we, we need to know that we're not alone. And some of us need to know that we didn't do anything wrong. When I was blessed enough to get pregnant again in 2017 with my daughter. It was a very different experience than the experience that I had with my son. I was anxious every step of the way that I was going to lose her. Even once she was born, I had this feeling that something was going to happen to her because of that experience that I had. And I've had to do a lot of healing and a lot of therapy around that loss and how it affected my connection with my daughter. 
So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you've experienced something similar to me, maybe you haven't shared it with anyone or maybe you've never felt that you could speak your full truth about it, I want you to know that I'm standing with you. I want you to know that you're not alone. And I want you to know that that baby, that energy of that baby is still with you. And you're not any less of a parent because you lost a child. Thank you for listening. And remember, sometimes you have to feel your pain in order to heal it. Thank you for listening to Project Healing. If you'd like to connect with any of my guests, please check the show notes for their contact information. If you are loving the show, I'd be honored if you would head over to iTunes or Facebook to leave me a review. If you'd like to support the show, you can head to patreon.com backslash project healing and learn about my different patron tiers and how you can support the show and also invest in yourself and your healing process. Remember, you have to feel your pain in order to heal it.